You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. It is a Monday mailbag episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've got some news to get to first. We've got some stats to talk about, some splits to take a look at. But before we get to any of that, a couple of reminders. First off, we're the only daily Bengals podcast. Get us on YouTube. Get us anywhere you get your audio podcast. Click the subscribe button. Click the follow button. If you like what we're doing, hit the thumbs up. Leave us a comment. We appreciate all of those things. Second, we hinted at an event coming. I think at this point, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I do not live in Cincinnati, but I will be in Cincinnati for week four. And that will mark, I believe, the first time since uh, you and I started doing this show together, James, that we'll have been in the same city. I think it will also mark the first time that since I started doing this show, period, you, me, and Joe, Joe Goodberry, the former co-host of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, will be in the same city, all three of us will be at the Blind Pig right across the street from the banks and from, I guess, in the banks, technically. I don't know how it works. Across the street from Paul Brown Stadium. And we're going to be on the patio. We got room for all of you guys to come on down. We got some tickets to give away. And we're going to hopefully do a a little Q&A. We're going to hang out. We'll be at the bar starting at 7 p.m. Wednesday before the Thursday night football game next week. So... You know, come out, hang out. We, I, I, you know, it'd be fun to meet everybody. Bengals, Jags, Thursday night football tickets to give away, like you said, in your section. So I'm going to have to come down and say hi to everybody that got tickets in 158. And if you didn't, well, now you should come to the blind pig. And like Jake said, no, it's not on the banks. It's on 24th, uh, 24 West third street, but really, really close to Paul Brown Stadium. And by the way, we all have GPSs now, so it it doesn't really matter. You just Google the blind pig and you show up. Starting at 7 o'clock, I'm excited. I'm probably going to be wearing this shirt if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, So, yeah, I can't uh, can't wait to see everybody. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're excited to see me, someone who's in Cincinnati, um, as well as as Joe and Jake, because they're, uh, you know, they're, they're out of towner, so I'm going to have to show them the, the lay of the land a bit. And uh, by then, Jake, hopefully you'll have some skyline in your belly and you'll be feeling right at home. My plan is lunch Wednesday, Clifton Skyline. I guess I shouldn't tell everybody that. Don't come harass me, but that's my plan. Oh, get for get out of here. Uh, <laughs> come harass you. Uh, I'm pretty excited, though. I got, I got a lot of food, a lot of food on the that's list. That's the best skyline. I've eaten there many times. I used to work with UC on a project and we would stay in Clifton. So we would go over there for lunch from time to time. Um, Yeah, going to have a lot of people out there, though. Have talked to a lot of the other Bengals media folks, some of the other out-of-towners. And, you know, I think that most people will stop by at some point. So go go mark it on your calendar. You got something to do on Wednesday night. Who, Who has things to do on Wednesday night? We're giving you something to do on a Wednesday night. I mean... How generous is that? Let's talk some Bengals news, James. That's all of our announcements for the day and reminders. The first bit is a Xavier Suofilo injury, potentially, and I didn't notice this at all. In fact, after the press conference, I went back and watched the Bengals' last offensive snap, which I believe was at T. Higgins' touchdown, and 
Xavier Suofilo looked fine, but apparently, uh, I think it was it was Kelsey who asked Zach Taylor in his press conference on Monday if there was an injury going on for Xavier Suofilo, and apparently he's got a leg injury of some sort. Taylor called him day to day, and we're gonna get into a bunch of mailbag questions about is it Jackson Carmen's time, and well, it might be by default depending on what's going on with Suofilo. Yeah, so he was limping pretty heavily, but it never appeared on the broadcast, and and. That's something I talked to Dan Hort about. Uh, I know Lapham talked about it. And then Kelsey brought it up in the news conference. And he played through it, played all 55 snaps. So why would you notice, you know, except he was, you know, get beat, you know, got beat a couple times, but that's not necessarily because of an injury. And, and so we'll see. Well, you know, we'll see what he is on Wednesday. We're not going to know much more. Zach Taylor's pretty tight to the vest. I don't think he wanted to tell me it was Xavier's leg when I asked. And he kind of hesitated and then did. So, it's a leg injury, um, yeah, and we'll dive into it. Another quick thing, Trey Waynes, still unsure about him. This is that third week that everyone's keeping their eye on with that hamstring because the Bengals could have put him on IR, and he would have missed three weeks. So if he doesn't return this week, there can be some fans that are upset about it, and I will understand why. So we'll see if Waynes is out there on Wednesday. My, my whole thing with fans being upset about it, that's fine. Like, I get it. It's not optimal roster management. But to what avail? Like, what player are you going to add that actually makes a difference? That's always been the question when you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you're like, man, if he's not back by, by week three, what roster mismanagement? And my question to you is like, yeah, but like, so? like <laughs> Austin Ryder? Maybe, oh. but they could have done that anyway. I mean, they've had space to make moves and they haven't made any. So they haven't seen fit to bring in some of these external guys that we've talked about that maybe we should still be talking about. But I mean, how much Richard can you? Richard Sherman. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Come on. I mean, we t- remember when we talked <laughs> about just... Richard Sherman and you're like, can you imagine Richard Sherman in this locker room? And we laughed. You remember that? With Zach Taylor. Yeah. With Joe Burrow. Absolutely. With Zach Taylor. With Jamar Chase. Absolutely. With Zach Taylor. I don't know about that one. I've got some stats I want to talk about right before we get into the mailbag. And we've got uh, some some pretty cohesive mailbag topics for today. So we're going to group some questions together because a lot of you are asking the same things. There's a lot of, of like overwhelming in some ways, pessimism in my opinion today. And, you know, doom and gloom after, after a loss, I get that. The moody Mondays, as I called them. But I, I was looking at some things and... For one, I did two things yesterday. One, I went back and I watched every pass protection snap in, on the broadcast view, and I took notes on the protection on every play and what happened on every play. So we'll talk about that tomorrow with Mike. We're going to do our film review tomorrow on on the next show with Mike Bengal Sands, but we'll get into those notes then. If you want to see them, they're on my on my Twitter feed. But I also looked at the the down splits for the Bengals, and I compared them to the league average. On first down, the Bengals... Are, are are successful on 55.8% of their plays. The league average for success rate on first down is 52.3%. So the Bengals are doing better than expected, better than average on first down through two weeks. And they've run the ball uh, 27 times. They've passed the ball 25 times. They're averaging four yards a run. They're only taking sacks or, or negative plays. Sorry, they're only taking negative plays 12% of the time. So a couple things here. Um, even rush to drop back split, roughly speaking, and the negative play percent, 12%, that's actually double the league average, but small sample size caveat supply where things get really interesting and start to take a turn for the worst is second down. 
The Bengals, despite having a good go of things on first down, on second down are 42.5% success rate on second down compared to a league average of 55%. 10% worse than average in terms of success rate on second downs, and that's on 40 plays. 23 rushing attempts for 4.5 yards per carry, roughly, and 17 dropbacks. So you think, you know, 4 yards per attempt on second down, that's pretty good. Actually, slightly below league average. But there are a couple things here that stand out. One, they're running more than they're passing, which is a stark contrast to league average. You know, that they're the league is, on average, you know, 778 dropbacks to 530 rushing attempts across the league for the Bengals. 17 dropbacks to 23 rushing attempts. So stark contrast there, right? And the other thing is the negative play percent. This has to be fixed. Nearly 30% of the Bengals plays on second down are negative plays. Compare that to league Mm -hmm. average, 6.7. That is a disaster. Something has to get fixed on second down. And a lot of it is the passing game. The passing game on second down has been miserable. They're under two yards per drop back on second down. And and that's the scary part to me is like, you're right, 4.4 yards a carry looking at this. It is below the league average on second down, but that's not awful. And then when you look at the numbers and how much they're actually gaining on second down, it's just brutal. And so you're talking sacks, you're talking just a, a bunch of issues. And, and that that part of it, especially if you're having a successful first down, to me, second down, and we've talked about shot plays a lot over the past couple of weeks, like if it's second and four, well, that's that's a fine time to go downfield, right? If you're having success on first down. And, uh, and, and so maybe that's part of it and the lack of time for Burrow or protections breaking down, whatever it is. Uh, but it, it's a good – these are good numbers, Jake, to, to point out where the Bengals' offense is falling apart because I obviously had extremely high expectations. You had high expectations for this offense. And so far, they've fallen short. And if this team is going to be really, really good, they're going to have to figure out these second down woes. They're going to have to get the ball downfield more, and they're going to have to put up a lot more points than the the 17, which I really don't even count as 17 that they put up on Sunday. Let's get into some questions in the mailbag that, you know, fans are concerned about the offense as well. And we're going to get into some of those questions and answers coming up next. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Football's back, and BetOnline is also back and better than ever. The number one spot for all of your football betting needs this season. A brand new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests than ever before. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football, head on over to the website right now and use or use your mobile device to sign up. You'll get a 100% welcome bonus. Double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 when you sign up for that deposit bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm sure you like quality because, well, you listen to Locked On Bengals. You like quality Bengals content. I'm sure you also like quality t-shirts and apparel and that's why we're so ecstatic that we partnered with Rivertown Inquiry and Apparel. You can check them out at rivertowninquiry.com or maybe you're coming to our event next week at the Blind Pig and you want some new Bengals swag, a little Cincinnati football gear to wear. 
Well, you could check them out in person if you're an out-of-towner like Jake at 3096 Madison Road in Oakley, just 10 minutes from Paul Brown Stadium. They're open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 5, 11 to 4, Sunday. And they have something for everyone. And best of all, this is a local company. So whether you're looking for a coffee mug, a cup, maybe a, you know a 16-ouncer for your next cold one, or the next best t-shirt to go to your collection that's going to hold up and last for a long time. Rivertown Inquiry is where it's at. So check them out right now, rivertowninquiry.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON10 and get 10% off your order. Again, go, for, go to rivertowninquiry.com, promo code LOCKEDON10 for 10% off. Are we going to have a, a new shirt to talk about sometime soon, maybe, James? Spoiler alert. Are we going to have a new shirt? What do you think? I think the, the odds of that happening are, are much, much better than the Bengals fixing their second down woes. Oh, man. See, I went positive to negative. I went positive to negative there. Or maybe both things happen. And our listeners will have some new swag to wear, as will we. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Maybe the shirts are the secret to unjinxing the Bengals second downs. Let's get into the mailbag. We're going to start with a question from Kyle Smith at Kyle underscore Smith 1087 on Twitter. Many, many people ask the same question. We just happened to pick Kyle's. He asks questions in the mailbag all the time. I don't remember the last time we picked his question to actually read. So apologies (laughs) if you asked a similar question. But I know this is on the mind of many Bengals fans. When should the team throw Jackson Carmen into the mix at right guard? Xavier Sofilo hasn't been good, and at this point, Burrow's going to get hit one way or another, writes Kyle. What about Deontay <laughs> Smith at left guard? Should both rookies get their oh, shot? Boy. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I understand it because the Bengals' offensive line uh, has struggled, and uh, Xavier Sofilo has been the most obvious part of this. So, one, I think a lot of people, including the media, that and I forget who asked the question, but it doesn't matter. We've all kind of assumed Carmen would get the shot. I'm going to ask Wednesday, depending on Xavier Suofilo, I ask Zach Taylor, are we sure Deontay Smith isn't going to get a little run there this week if, if Suofilo can't play and maybe they roll with him? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Obviously, Carmen's been active and Smith hasn't uh, during the first couple of weeks. But uh, is it time? I don't think Pittsburgh is the time to unveil and unleash this rookie who, yeah, has probably more physical traits and is more athletic right now than Xavier Suofilo, but has had some mental issues, has, you know, his work ethic was was questioned as, you know, by the, by, by the way, a lot of rookies have mental issues. So I'm not trying to like, he's just learning what it's like to be in the NFL. And it's like, oh yeah, go by the way, hey, hey, Rook, go play a right guard at Heinz Field against the Steelers and the interior of that line. Like, that just sounds scary to me. So if Xavier Suofilo is healthy, I probably, and not probably, I'm going with the veteran. And, uh, you know, if he struggles again, then does he have to, you know, maybe be on a shorter leash? Maybe you do pull him midway through the game if something happens and Suofilo is ineffective? Okay, I could be open to that idea. Or if he struggles so much, um, but he gets you through the Pittsburgh game, maybe we see... Jackson Carmen get his first start at home where he's comfortable in Cincinnati, a Cincinnati native against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, let's be honest, that's a much safer debut. It feels like, at least on paper, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my gut feeling, too, is week four is the logical time. But Xavier Suofilo's injury does kind of throw a wrench into things, right? Like, I'm not throwing him out there unless he's 100%. Maybe some of the issues he had were because he's playing hurt. And I don't know when the injury started, 
as you mentioned, he never showed it. Like I, I went back and I looked a little bit. He's not limping when he's on the field. So he did a good job of hiding it for those of us watching from home. But I do wonder if, if it is a lingering injury that is slowing him down and he can't get off mm-hmm. that leg or put as much onto that leg, you know, when he's trying to stave off bull rushes, because that's what you're going to have to deal with. There's power on the Pittsburgh interior, even though Stefan Tuitt, I think, is on the IR. Tyson Alualu uh, broke his ankle last week, so unfortunate for the Steelers. But Cam Hayward is always there and continues to be an absolute game wrecker inside. We don't know about TJ Watt yet, but the, the thing about Carmen is you, you don't really know where he's at. We, we really have no idea from the outside. So on the one hand, I get it because it's not like Xavier Sufilo has been blowing anybody away, right? And so how much mm-hmm. worse could things be? Well, uh, I don't think you really want the answer to that question is, is the thing, Correct. right? So if Jackson Carmen's ready, by all means, but, but we don't really know that answer. And, and to me, you're, you're adding another variable you're disrupting any potential chemistry that may or may not be forming. And you could argue that it's not forming. So who cares? And and I hear that, but to me, that just adds a risk factor against what should be a very good defensive line in Pittsburgh and another challenging test. And just a real quick thought, as you said that if Jackson Carmen was ready, the moment Xavier Suofilo was limping, you don't think they might've been like, okay, here's our shot. Like they didn't do that. And, and, and I'm not saying that Carmen isn't ready, but, you know, it, it, it didn't – to me, I think that they they went with this conservative veteran approach for a reason. And suddenly unleashing Jackson Carmen after working with him for months after camp and preseason uh, and just kind of sending him out there, unless it's injury-related uh, against Pittsburgh, that's, uh, that's certainly scary. All right, we have a three-parter here, Jake. And uh, we, it's – has to do with protection, has to do with running backs. So uh, I'm going to read three questions and we'll dive into them. Let's start with Russ Heltman. He says, what are you two seeing from Joe Mixon in pass pro versus other years? Is it fixable? Is it what we've, uh, is what he is as we move through the year part of his struggle so far? That was bad reading by me. Kyle says, what don't, or why don't we see more of Chris Evans? He looks to have some juice for big play potential, especially considering Mixon's injury history Giving Evans six to eight uh, touches could keep Mixon fresher. And and we got one more. Gary throwing it back to Mr. Giovanni Bernard. Would it have been worth paying Gio to keep him on the roster? It's a lot there. It really seems like they should have paid Gio right now. They're not using that money for anything else. I guess they'll roll it over and try to use it for extensions next year. But I would say they're missing Gio a little bit. Mixon, they praise his pass pro progress. How about that alliteration in the preseason quite a bit and it hasn't shown up. He's made a mental mistake. He's, he's whiffed on a couple blocks. He led to a Joe Burrow interception directly and they're still putting Samaj P right out there as a second back. And so my thinking is if Chris Evans was ready, I would love to see Chris Evans on the field. He got on the field, made his first catch and looked good after the catch, got the Bengals close to a first down, got him into field goal range on a third and like 16 or 15 or something. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I I would like to see Chris Evans, but if he's not on the field on third downs, that tells you what they think about his pass protection. So is the answer that they're not confident in any of their running backs in pass protection. So they're just putting Mixon out there because, you know, he's shown it in practice from time to time. I don't know, but Mixon, I do know 
needs to get better because Geo is gone. You can't take that move back. And, you know, there, there's a lot to figure out here. So I, I don't know, James. I mean, Mixon looks like the same guy to me in pass protection. And mm-hmm. maybe we just need to look ahead and look for some reprieve in the schedule for these protection issues. And we'll do that with our next question coming up next. RockAuto.com is the place to go for all of your auto parts needs. We talk about them all the time here on Locked On Bengals. They've been in the business for more than two decades. And whether it's something as simple as changing your air filters, or maybe it's a you know a tougher job for these do-it-yourselfers like replacing a fuel pump, they got the parts you're looking for. And it doesn't matter if you drive a Toyota or a Honda, something common like that, or something a little more rare, like a Daewoo, uh, an older hot rod they they have all the parts you're looking for and you can save time save money by shopping from the convenience of your own home and you're going to save 30 50 even 100 percent uh compared to what you would spend at a dealership or at these big box stores so check them out right now rockauto.com see all the parts available for your car truck and use them like i did and when you do Make sure you use right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream, the service that will let you combine your devices and streaming services into one. No more multiple passwords to watch your shows, to watch sports highlights, to watch live TV on different platforms. Get it all together with DirecTV Stream. It brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again with no annual contract. That's the best part. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. James, our next question comes from Flyer Fanatic at LOWD fan on Twitter. And he's looking at the schedule and is thinking, <laughs> is week one to week three the toughest stretch for the interior offensive line or is the worst yet to come? And if the latter, what, what can we do as a team? What can the Bengals do as a team to start to mitigate these issues? And, Certainly, we've talked a lot about the strength of the Minnesota interior defensive line. Obviously, the Chicago defensive line. We just spent some time talking about how good Cam Hayward is. After that, maybe it, there is a bit of a reprieve, right? Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit, Green Bay dealing with some injuries, I believe, on their defensive line already. Nobody's too scared about Jacksonville and Detroit right now. And then Baltimore. So maybe maybe there's a three-week reprieve, right? But what do you think, James? As you look ahead on this schedule, is this the worst stretch for the interior offensive line? Yes, and here's why. But, you know, part of it's the opponent. But I'm going to just say the other part of it is I think this is going to be the worst, probably the worst Hopkins is going to be all year. And he was our highest rated offensive lineman for PFF in week two. But to me, him coming back from the knee, much like Joe Burrow, these guys, they're going to have their ups and downs, and they're going to be inconsistent. And Jonah Williams talked on Monday about how consistent, how he needs to be consistent. And the, he used that word about 52 times. Well, it's really hard to do when you're coming back from an injury, and these guys might not totally admit it, but it is. You know, it's football, and the, the margin 
Ferrer is about that small on any given play. And if you make a mistake, well, then you're going to pay for it in one way or another, especially uh, with this line. And, and so I think so. When you combine the opponents and you combine the situation, you combine um, everything, that's part of it. Now, four weeks from now, if they're throwing out both rookies or this week, if they're throwing out both rookies or next or whenever, I may take it back and say, I, this is the roughest part because now you got these guys learning on the fly and you're banking on them keeping nine upright. Um, but it is, it's a tough stretch to start with. And it, it's, it's crazy to think about, but like Xavier Suofilo, I think people would say is the, the weak link, but it's been just a flurry. It's been a guy here, a guy there. It's not just one guy. Like in the secondary, everyone points to Eli Apple. I don't know if there's necessarily an Eli Apple on the offensive line where if you just took him out and Trey Waynes just comes back, you, you think the secondary might be pretty good. I don't know if there is that for this Bengals offensive line. And that's uh, it, not just the line, the protection in general, because I think they all go hand in hand. There's been some confusion that the offensive line is the be all end all when it comes to protection. So mm-hmm. good clarification there. Good, good job dispelling that. I do think this is, probably the best group of interior defenders the Bengals play in consecutive weeks. Minnesota with Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, Chicago with Akeem Hicks. And Akeem Hicks was absolutely a game wrecker. I didn't notice him as much live, but when I went back and watched again, he was very disruptive in the run game. Had a few pressures, you know, bull rushes, walking guys back into Joe Burrow's lap. Had one unnecessary late hit. Um, Burrow, yeah, that which, was BS. I, I wanted to bring that up. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I had a still of it. Somebody later, somebody today, uh, there's a video of it. I mean, the guy takes two steps and pushes Burrow down. And Sam Hubbard gets called Hard. for the same thing earlier. Yep. It's just inconsistent. And then next week, Pittsburgh comes to town with Cam Hayward. And Cam Hayward is, is a very similar player. Like, he's going to be a game wrecker. He will disrupt plays. He will be a handful in the running game. He will provide power challenges to Trey Hopkins and Xavier Suofilo that they probably won't be up to the task to deal with on a down-to-down basis. And he will get the better of them, most likely, at some point, because that's who he is. He's a very good player. But then Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit. Like I said, I, I don't really see any players of this caliber on those teams. Baltimore... I mean, that's a little questionable to me as well in terms of the interior. It may, may be a bit more of a threat on the edges with Adafi Owe, the rookie from uh, Penn State, starting to show up for them a little bit and, and making some plays. Justin Matabike is healthy for them. He's starting to make some plays. And then generally, the Ravens defense and their proclivity to blitz is going to be a problem. But that's going to stress the entire offensive line. I don't think it's unique to the interior. Cleveland, I think, a bigger problem on the edge than the interior, despite the work they've done to try to remake their offensive line with Sheldon Richardson, et cetera. Vegas, again, bigger threat on the edge. And then Pittsburgh again. And then the Chargers, again, bigger threat on the edge. The 49ers, bigger threat on the edge, I think. Although I think Eric Armstead is still there and he's going to be playing inside as well. So once you get late in the schedule, you know, ask me again closer too. But the rest of the schedule, as I look at it, I see more problems on the edge in terms of the opposition. You know, the Bosa's, the Miles, uh, the... uh, Von Miller's, yeah, Miles Garrett's, yeah. the, you know, Chris Jones, who's playing outside now, the trio of pass rushers we saw from Vegas terrorizing Lamar Jackson in, in week one. Um, I mean, all these guys are edge players. So I, I do think that probably the hardest matchups for the interior offensive line are probably bundled into the first three weeks here in a lot of ways. But I do think the, pe- the second Pittsburgh matchup might be worse. 
because Stefan Tuitt is not expected to play this weekend. He's also very good. He's on the IR. So that is a very long answer to your question there, Flyer Fanatic. James, what's the next one? Speaking of Pittsburgh, David Brooks asks, will stopping Steelers running back Najee Harris be the key for this game defensively? I don't think so. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> offense is so bad that, I mean, yeah, you got to stop Najee, but you look at the offenses around the NFL that were as bad as the Bengals offense against Chicago this week, and Pittsburgh is right there in terms of mm-hmm. overall efficacy. Like their offensive line is a disaster. Najee Harris in the open field, he made some plays, but as a runner, the Steelers are having one of their worst seasons in the last 20 years in terms of rushing yards in their first couple weeks of the season. So like their running game isn't clicking right now. They've got all these newcomers on the offensive line. None of them are playing, you know, at an incredibly high level or all of them are not. So just like the Bengals are weak links to exploit there. And Ben, Ben is a husk. He's a zombie. He's not Ben Roethlisberger of 10 years ago. He, he can't throw the ball anymore. He can't move anymore and he can't shrug off hits the way he used to. And as I say this, he'll probably shred the Bengals uh, defense somehow and I'll eat my words, but like, that, yeah. That's not what I'm afraid of. What, what I'm afraid of is can the offense get anything going? And and I don't think we've made a key to the game. We'll see where we're at on Thursday. I don't think a, like a primary key to the game has been protect Burrow yet. It's always been like, yeah, you got to protect Burrow. You got to get the pass. But this week, it's figure out your protection issues, guys. We can't have free runners coming. And there was only one this week. And that's on Riley Reef. They had poor communication on the right side there. And it was an empty. So, you know, you're making it harder on your offensive line and empty. So figure out your protection issues, I think, is going to be like the number one thing on my list this week because I thought it would get better against the Bears. I thought they would fix things. And instead, it was just spreading the issues around. You have a wide receiver not getting a screen call, the offensive line screen blocking. So you can even blame the receivers for some of these protection issues. I mean, it's very widespread and it just needs to be fixed because like Brian Callahan said on a conference call, on Monday morning, you can't have Joe Burrow getting hit and taking this many sacks. It's undisciplined. It's undisciplined play. And if you want to beat Pittsburgh, I don't care if it's Zombie Ben, Najee Harris, Tommy Maddox. I don't get Cordell Stewart comes. I don't give a damn who's at quarterback. If they don't go into Pittsburgh and they don't play discipline, Mike Tomlin's going to kick their ass. We've seen it year after year after year. Like that, they are going to play buttoned up in Pittsburgh. They just are. They might not be good on offense. But they're not going to have 52 penalties, and they're not going to give up 32 sacks. And so you're right. If they don't solve those protection issues, it's going to suck for for Joe Burrow to watch him get hit a ton and and watch this offense continue to stall, which should be the strength of the team. And so, yeah, if if anything – I agree, you know, stopping Najee Harris, it could be the key, especially if you think – on defense, if you think Ben can't get it done anymore through the air – but I think it's more about what the Bengals need to do offensively. They are built to go into Pittsburgh and score points. Like that's why they go get Jamar Chase and, and pair him with, you know, and make a trio of receivers as dynamic as, as these guys can be. This is why you have an Evan McPherson. This is why you have all that. So you could go put up points on the road. And uh, that's what they have to do on Sunday. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But, uh, you know, Harris is on that list. I don't want to dismiss the question, but I don't know if it'll be at the top of my list either. 
I don't even think it's the top of the like the defensive keys. I think the defensive key, and well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm spoiling a, a show late this week. For me, it's get the ball, make that make that offense make mistakes and take possessions away from them. Like this is a very very bad. Anyway, we'll get into it later in the week. It's a very bad offense, I believe, in Pittsburgh. Hey, you never know though. I, yeah, that's no. the thing. I, I I was I thought you know what I thought on Sunday morning. Because I picked the Bears, uh, everybody at all Bengals, my entire staff picked the Bears, or, or picked the Bengals, I picked the Bengals, excuse me, no one picked the Bears, that's what I mean. And uh, and I thought in the morning, I was like, no one's picking the Bears. I, I read some national people, I was like, that's not good. And look what happened. So we'll uh, we'll see, we'll get into our picks later this week, but good Lord, it's, uh, it's unpredictable. Well, there, there's always a world where Ben, you know, puts on his, I'm the big brother. I've been beating the Bengals for 20 years. Why would things change now? That can always happen. It's just, he's not the same guy. Andy Dalton, you know, we've seen the Andy Dalton roller coaster. If Andy Dalton plays that entire game, the Bears passing offense probably remains really efficient because they couldn't handle Andy Dalton in the middle of the field. He was throwing accurately. He was throwing on time. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe we undersold the Bears offense a little bit. At least their passing offense. Like we didn't give any credit to Andy Dalton. Andy played pretty Maybe. well, and and really it was a, it was it was again it was the offense that, in my opinion, gave that game away for the Bengals. So uh, Maybe you know, the Steelers we'll should trade for Andy Dalton. Go ahead. He's hurt though, James. Ah, he'll be fine. He avoided any serious injury, which is great for Andy. I'm glad to hear it. Maybe they should trade for Nick Foles. Get him back to Philadelphia. Well, Pennsylvania. Sorry. Yeah, I got my states and cities confused there. Uh, we better wrap up the show on that note. That's probably enough of, of James and I thinking for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Mike at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. We'll get our film review in. Hopefully we have all 22 coming out on Monday night. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.